welcome to another week of Makeup Masking Murder. Today I have a very exciting guest, which I know I say every every episode, but it, they always are. I just know the best people. Um, but I have my sister, author extraordinaire, New York Times bestseller, Jenna Evans Welch. Hello. Hi. I like to hear all three of my names. It feels very official. Yeah. Oh. Jenna Evans Welch. Love I'm it. So happy to be here because I'm the biggest wuss and can't actually listen to your podcast because mm. I get too scared. So it's very fun to actually be part yeah. of it in this way. Super, super excited. To I'm be here. glad to have you. And so, yeah, we've been talking about having you on forever, which we haven't, but we did do the Facebook Live or Instagram Live during quarantine. During Tiger quarantine King. and Tiger King. How, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about Doc these days? Still hate him? He has fallen off my radar completely. Yeah, you forgot about I've him. I've moved on. <laughs> Good. I found some closure. <laughs> I've moved on. I actually am really happy for you. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> good. That's very good to hear. Doesn't that feel like another lifetime ago? Yeah, it does. Th- like what? Six years ago. Yeah, probably. Six years ago in April. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was that in April? I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, but like... As crazy as this year's been, I mean, it's been kind of beautiful. Like, think of, like, remember when I just would come over and, like, jump on your trampoline every day? <laughs> play with Nora, my little oh, girl. Nora, I know. We Nora. actually, I feel like this summer was actually really special in a lot it of really ways was. for us. It was yeah. really, like, an exhale. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a really great time for us. I'm sad about it ending yeah. with school starting next week. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. And, like, all the family was together, and now we're all apart i mean not can't, all of us, I, I can't even talk about that we all like your face we all like splintered apart and it yeah. was just the absolute worst hey but. but you just i just got to see you in california so so fun that was fun i only abby, got to see you for a few hours but abby did a tarot card reading for me on the beach uh oracle card sorry <laughs> oracle card reading it was fantastic <laughs> it was very fun and uh, nora when i saw her what she said to david did you, wasn't she talking to him? She, well, because Corona, she, I guess she saw me and David's like, look, it's Abby. And she's like, can I touch her? <laughs> Do you think she'll let I me give my, her a hug? I feel like we're all going to end up being really weird. And <laughs> yeah. So Nora's thing now, whenever she sees people, Nora's four is, can I, can I touch you? And people are like, what? <laughs> but she's saying that because the pandemic. she didn't know, right? Like there were some people that it was okay for her to hug or play mm-hmm. with. And then there were other people who weren't, that still were sort of around, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of my friends maybe would come, but would stay like outside, right? Yeah. Um, and then she also had me sanitize her stuff with Bunny's hands after we went to the store. Oh. The other day I was like, yeah, we're going to be really weird after. <laughs> Quite the generation. After all of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So and I'm glad that she knows we're different people now. Yes. That's good. There was actually several oh, no, years. Oh, no, is this going to throw her off? Yeah, that I'm Brunette. Maybe. I don't <laughs> know. I was worried about that. There were several years when I don't think Nora knew that Abby and I were different people. Yeah. She thought we were the same person. Like, I would be holding her, and Abby would walk out of the room. She'd be like, bye, Mom. <laughs> So weird. And he's like, I'm literally holding I'd be like, you. Like I'm holding you right now. Or she'd like be waving to you. Or I'd walk in the room and she'd be snuggling Abby, and she'd be like, "Huh, there's Confusing. another one." Yeah. <laughs> it was so Which, weird. Like, we look alike, but like, meh, stretch. But like, yeah, but like my daughter thought. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So, you have a book coming out. It was supposed to come out this summer, and it didn't. Yeah. So spill the tea. Okay, so it was supposed to come out in July. So this is my third novel, mm-hmm. and it will likely be the last of my Love and series. Okay. So Which I've written... Will you, will you talk a little bit? Of, oh, you are. Oh, yeah, sure. So I've written three um, 
young adult novels, and they're all kind of these girl abroad stories. So my first one's called Love and Gelato, and it's set in Italy. And then Love and Luck, it's set in Ireland. And then Love and Olives is the one that's coming out, and it's set in Santorini, Greece. And I'm so excited about it. I can hardly stand it. Um, So it was supposed to come out in July, and then, you know, kind of the world sort of blew up for a while, and we moved it back, um, which I'm actually really glad about. I'm now kind of in this weird place where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be releasing a book from my basement office, basically, Mm -hmm. um, which is okay. I never did a lot of touring just because of my situation with kiddos, but um, I do feel like I'm going to miss that interaction with my readers because I have a lot of like fun, young readers, and I appreciate all my readers, but I am absolutely writing for like the 12 and 13-year-old girls, right? So it's so fun to see them, um, and I'm definitely going to miss that, but the more I think about this book, so it's about a girl who um, has it all together. Her name is Liv. Um, her life is just picture perfect, um, but she has this secret, and that it's that her dad is an Atlantis hunter. So he's been looking for the lost city of Atlantis like for oh. most of her life, um, but she kind of keeps that a secret from everybody. And she hasn't seen her dad since she was eight years old. He left to look for the lost city, um, and she gets a postcard the year after she turned 16 and her dad has this special project national geographic wants to do like a special mm-hmm. on him and oh. him looking for the lost city so she goes to santorini grace to be with him and like their whole story kind of unfolds like what actually happened in their family so it's a ton of fun why like, do i feel like fun. this is the first thing i've ever like i'm did the book change a lot? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I actually wrote a different book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that that one did not work out. And I ended up writing this one. It, when it finally, like, came together, it came together really fast. And it's way longer than my other ones. Like, mm-hmm. a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this one. I think it's, especially the people who liked my first book, Love and Gelato, will really love this one. Amazing. Honestly, yeah. Love and Gelato is so fun. Makes me want to go to Italy and fall in love (laughs) um it's based off of you know we lived there for years so a lot of your experience or a lot of the experience in the books are kind of fun things that you got to experience as a teenager yeah yep so we're in italy you were little yeah i was like eight yeah like eight to seven to seven seven to nine seven to eight okay um and i was it was like my sophomore and junior year i was in italy so yeah yeah that was obviously very know how do you choose the places um I mean I feel like Italy was kind of a it was just gonna happen Italy was easy yeah Yeah. I'd actually had the idea for it I remember when I was 17 being there thinking this would be a really good setting because it's set in an American cemetery that's right outside of Mm -hmm. Florence and I remember thinking that would be a really interesting setting for a book um love and luck I knew I wanted to write a road trip story and I'd been to Ireland and just was mesmerized oh by it gosh. ireland is I get so special i know ireland. ireland is so fun um and i thought it would be just perfect for a road trip and then i had my own road trip like getting ready for it and it was just crazy and fun um, it was so quick i remember you being like do you want to come and it was like what a couple weeks before you left uh it was like five days probably before <laughs> i left yeah because i originally actually we're gonna be talking about hannibal missouri today i'd yeah. originally wanted to set it in hannibal missouri because oh. i thought it was such an interesting place yeah and i just had nora like she was like a newborn yeah um and so i was going to hannibal missouri to do my research for it um and ali my friend my best friend ali fife was coming with me and then my publisher called and was like what if 
girl abroad stories are your thing. What if you said another one in Europe? And as soon as she said that, I got these like tingles and I was like, oh yeah, that is going to be my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I immediately thought of Ireland and I was like, yeah, that's where it will be. So we had like 72 hours in Ireland. So we would like, you know, we had our guidebook and it would be like, okay, Rick Steve says we should spend three to four days on the Dingle Peninsula, but we have two hours. So, (laughs) right. So let's do this. And we would just race in and just get all the info. And then Greece, I was basically just like researching places I wanted to go. Right. And I found this bookstore in Santorini. It's like the most charming place I've ever been. And I ended up just writing so it's the bookstore okay so the books amazing yeah also speaking of rick steves rick steves led us astray once though do you remember what do you mean when we were in naples oh boy (laughs) so this is kind of a fun little story should we tell it sure tell me i feel like there's like a trauma block in my mind about (laughs) it so i don't know so our mom does tours to italy and we had spent the summer in sorrento in sorrento Mm -hmm. southern italy and, you know, mom and dad are gone. They took Michael. Jenna's, like, this ringleader. Was Allie Fife there, too? I don't think so. No. No, David was. No, David wasn't there at that no, point David either. wasn't either. It was um, just, like, the siblings. It was you. It was Allie and Steph. Her friend oh, yes. Steph. It was me, Caitlin Wathen, and it was McKenna. Okay. So it was our siblings plus a couple of friends. friends. Yeah. But we were all pretty young. I was, like, 23 three maybe oh my god I was the oldest right yeah. I was yep. like newly wed yeah. yeah yeah so we decide you know we're gonna take this day trip to Naples get get the best pizza in the world mm-hmm. see what it's about and little do we know we're following Rick Steve's guidebook and we're kind of maneuvering down these alleys we see the, I'll never stop talking about this I'll never forget about it the pelican yes the dead pelican yes. on the side of the road so bigger na- than a golden retriever, guys. Bigger <laughs> than a golden retriever. Just laying on the side of the road. Rigor mortis. <laughs> Naples is an interesting place because a lot of, I mean, Italy is really as idyllic, I feel like, as people mm-hmm. think it is. And mm-hmm. it's, like, very slow and very charming. And I feel like Naples or Napoli, as it's right called there, yeah. is very different. Like, it has sort of this big like a bigger city vibe and I think it has a lot of problems because when we were yeah. there they were like on a garbage, garbage track <laughs> and there were like literal mountains of garbage and everywhere pelicans. and there were like dead pelicans <laughs> and they make pizza differently there than anywhere else so that's what mm-hmm. we were there for and then I guess like all the museums are closed on like Mondays or something we yeah. were there on a Monday yeah. we, we just do were like walking through garbage <laughs> for a day <laughs> it was really not a great time and some man starts following us remember and we're like oh yeah yeah. it was like very unnerving Mm -hmm. and then he like approaches us and you know ringleader old sis here is backing us all you know (laughs) like blocking us and i mean i'm making this more dramatic but but he was like you shouldn't be here this is a very dangerous part of town remember oh my gosh that did happen yes that's like why are you guys here and we were like rick steve said to come (laughs) here and he was like yeah you guys shouldn't be here you should you should find a safer place to be oh i forgot about that so and we didn't tell our parents that story i think i wonder if they know now Uh, hi mom hey guys after my first podcast episode mom texts me and she goes loved the podcast so proud of you happy tears but how much am i about to learn about you uh, I was like, eh. sorry love that's you. really funny she was like ogden you and brooke would go to ogden every weekend to see a ghost at a grave like mm. yes yes yeah, we did we did great well so what's your official release date for the book 
November 10th. November 10th. Mm-hmm. Are you doing like any virtual? Yes, I'll be doing a lot of virtual events. My main one right now is through our favorite local bookstore, The King's mm-hmm. English, which mm-hmm. is so fun. They've done my other releases. Like I've done these really fun parties, which I'll be sad not to do one in yeah. person this year. Yeah. But they're doing this awesome online event. And also, I've never done this before, but anyone can pre-order through The King's English. And I will autograph and personalize the books. Oh, so you can guys. call in from wherever. Yeah. Um, go through their website, give them a call, um, pre-order Love and Olives, and tell them who you want it signed to, and you'll just get it delivered to you on release day. Amazing. I know, fun, right? I love I'm that. super. And I'll leave a link where you can to King's English, mm-hmm. and then Jenna, what's your Instagram? Jenna Evans Welch. Just Jenna Evans Welch, mm-hmm. straight up. Jenna's Instagram's real raw. It's fun. It's real it's raw. <laughs> People always say that. I'm like, I guess I'm putting too much out there. I don't mean to be this like no, vulnerable or whatever, but Why? yeah, I'm definitely it's like, good. I don't know. I'm not into like let's make it look like my life is yeah. perfect. No. So, which everyone appreciates. I appreciate it. No, well, it just would feel. And weird it's funny to do otherwise. You're funny. Thank Jenna's you. funny, guys. Thank you. So, should we talk about our product spotlights? Sure. Okay. Do you? I'll go first. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about is the Peace Out Acne Healing Dots. Ooh. Have you tried these? No. I got, oh, my gosh. Life, life-changing. I don't say this lightly. Um, they're like these stickers if you, like, have, you know, acne coming on or you have one or you, like, you know, pick one or touch one that you shouldn't. You just slap a sticker on. Seriously, you wake up and it's, like, gone. It's, even if it's not gone, it's, like, flat. Wow. And it, like, kind of pulls everything out. So I'm a serious acne sufferer, and I feel like the masks situation, which I am all for, but this is so gross, but in California, when we were wearing masks constantly, I took mine off one night. I had, like, 20, like, zits that had popped up. Like, 20. Yeah, but the mask, it's horrible. So I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes I'll be wearing these stickers under the mask. Why not? Yeah, because I'm like, no one's going to see me. I was walking around with, like, romaine between my teeth, and I knew it the other day. With my <laughs> mask on, it was kind of awesome. You're, like, empowered. Yes. Exactly. I know. I, you know, another thing that I'm really worried about once this, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Also, hiding facial expressions is going to be different, because now we don't have to, right? Yeah. Although, I've suddenly been noticing that I... Do you try to edit my facial expressions and then I keep realizing I don't have to? Yeah, although eyes. I have had a few eye roll moments that I'm like, shit, I need I to still mask see my eyes. eyes. Sunglasses. Yeah. So, yeah, you you can buy a pack of 20 or, you know what, just go for the value size. Pack of 40. Um, $32, $38 value, so you get the little discount. But I get them on Sephora and seriously, like... I'm, I was a skeptic, and I will never not. Like, I buy multiple boxes at a time. Like, I've always got them on hand. And it's not like you have to wear them, like, every day for a week. Because you know how, like, if you have one, it usually takes, what, five to seven days to mm-hmm. heal? Two or three with this. That's So at least it just, like, speeds it up. It speeds it up. It just is more manageable. Right, and it helps with, like, scarring. Um, seriously, they're unreal. Unreal. Couldn't recommend them enough. Like, 10 out of 10 five stars that's fantastic and i feel like i don't talk about things as highly like but seriously nothing wrong with them and also if you do wear them like like say you've got a zoom call or you've got an instagram live or a facetime or something you can't really see them so okay. it's like, oh, wow, look at that. Because they're, like, skin color. Like, at Can least with fair skin. For, oh, they're like, like us. Okay. Um, 
Can you order them for what? So can you order them for different, like, shades of you skin? You know, no, and they should. Yeah. Right? But idea. it's not really meant for necessarily to be able to wear during but the day. But if you have our shade of skin. But if you would... have me and Jenna a more fair shade of skin, then, yeah, it works out nicely. All right. I'm going to have to use that, too. So, yeah. Check them out. They are on Sephora. Okay, and then I got nervous when you asked me to do a product spotlight because you know I'm, like, so minimal about everything. Not that I don't enjoy makeup and products, but I feel like I'm just, like, always slapping something on and then, like, running Mm -hmm. out the door, right? Okay, so this is my most favorite product. Like, if I were on a desert island and I could Mm -hmm. only take one thing, this is what I'd take. So it's Bare Minerals Complexion Rescue, and it's, like, a tinted moisturizer. So... It, it's really, it, so it's moisturizing and it also has the sunscreen in it um, and you can get it in, you know, all different shades for your skin color. So it like, and they have a pretty big range. Yeah, they do have a really big range. My skin color is wheat, which I don't know. <gasps> I don't know how I feel about wheat. Wait, that's what I wear. Is too. that what you wear? Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're the same. Um, but that's my summer color. Do you wear that all year? I think I do wear it all year. Nice. Yeah. I think it's a little bit light for me right now because I have gotten oh, a lot of sun this yeah. summer. Yeah. Um, but it just like smooths everything out. It feels good on my skin. I really hate the feeling of makeup on my face mm-hmm. and this doesn't bother me at all. Um, it doesn't break me out at all. I'm super acne prone. I feel like it gives me enough coverage. If I have like a huge breakout, I maybe need like something a little extra on it, but I can just like put this on very quickly, put on a little mascara and I feel good. To I go. mean, that's like a, like every day, if I put on like a little blush and like maybe some lipstick, that's like my, I'm all ready to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just super, super simple. I feel like it takes out all these steps. I use another moisturizer as well, but I don't even know that I would have to all the time. Mm. So it's a really, really good product. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to chime in though and say you should you use should, yes. a moisturizer I, as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this isn't drying at all. Mm-mm. It doesn't flake. It doesn't Mm-mm. like this is my hero product too. I think we've got the whole family hooked on it. It's I've amazing. been using it for like four or five years now. What yeah. about you around the same? It's probably, yeah, since I just remember like everyone in the family started using it and I was like, oh, yeah. I'll try it. And now, yeah, it is my one have to have mm-hmm. product. Yeah. It's very it's... color correcting too. I've noticed like when you have redness or like, mm-hmm. act, like it totally corrects and... And I've never felt like, like I grew up where everyone was using like, like the Mary Kay or whatever, right? And you'd have like the line, like at your jawline. And I've never felt that way. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. I am like, there's usually like a kid like banging on the door, right? And I've Mm -hmm. like had one of my terrible, I call them rat baths, where I'm just like (laughs) flinging water on myself in the shower as I'm like trying to like, right? Like someone's going to melt down outside the shower door. And I just am like, you know, rubbing that on as fast as possible. And I feel like it just always works good it always looks good so it really does it's so great um and pretty good price point right let's see oh yeah so it's 33 for i would say that last me oh have they you can get it like through sephora i think that's how i usually order it but you could also get it through like bare minerals their website or yeah you could get it a lot of places and it lasts a bottle lasts a while Mm -hmm. and you can use a brush sometimes i do if i want to feel fancy or you can use your fingers Um, Also, one more thing that I wanted to say about it is, like you were saying, you're like, maybe this isn't the exact shade for me right now, but it's so, something about it, you still can work with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I ordered the wrong color instead of getting wheat. I accidentally got suede this last time, which is um, a little more pink than the wheat, and it still works. It still works. Yeah, so it's, 
yeah i think i was like on a trip and was like so it's this or nothing yeah. or else i would have usually exchanged it right but yeah great it just, product. like melts in there and makes it happen when you told me that was the one you were gonna do i was like oh good we can just i almost didn't even bring one i was like we could both talk about it but. yes that is the hero hero good for like low-key makeup users mm-hmm. like me but i think also for people who like to do like yeah. are really interested in makeup also i think it's buildable I think you can kind of like I think when you go in with a brush and you you can get a little more coverage too. Yeah, it's great. Great, great. Well, you have a story and I feel like I kind of Easter egged it when I had dad on the show, but okay. explain that situation like Okay. So, um, before I started writing my own books, um, I worked with our dad who you had him on, but yep. he's written how many? 40 plus? 40. He just hit 40. He just well, hit he just hit his 40th bestseller. New York Times bestseller, yeah. which is, you know, I don't even... Casual. Yeah. That makes my head explode to think about. Anyway, so he's been writing books for so long, and there was this time period where he was writing three books a year, which I don't even know how to wrap my mind around. Um, but I was his writing assistant for about seven years, meaning I was helping him with research. I was helping him with editing. Um, there was a long time that he was doing a lot of his work by hand, so he would, like, print out what he typed, and then he would make all of his... Um, changes by like pencil and he I still does that doesn't he um he does it less he's okay. gotten like faster it's been really interesting to watch his process like I remember when I first started working with him it like freaked me out because rough drafts are rough and I'd never read dad's unpolished work and I was like this isn't good you're like oh, he no. lost his touch this book isn't good yeah because I was just seeing like the early stages and it actually it was probably really good for me to see like oh yeah. all books start out yeah. Rough. Except <laughs> dumpster fire. Except at some point dad stopped needing that rough part. I feel like mm-hmm. he hit his not just ten thousand hours, but maybe like twenty thousand hours. You know that his renaissance. The Malcolm Gladwell, like, you know, it takes ten thousand hours mm-hmm. to right become a master or something. Like dad definitely hit that point and I feel like he just started writing really clean. It was really interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Anyway, so I was his assistant and one of the um series I helped him on is called the Walk series. And it's about a man who loses everything and decides to walk from his home in Washington to the farthest place he can in the continental U.S., which was Key West, Florida. So um, it was five books, and we, like, drove this whole route, right? So he put me in charge of, like, planning it, and we, like, divided it into five chunks. And what book was coming out every year, so it was like we would go and drive – that section mm-hmm. and he'd work on it and then the next year we drive the next section yeah. and I missed the last part because I just had Sam and he was brand new and dad was so cute he, he like tried to like why don't we rent it like an RV and we can take the newborn and <laughs> I, he was so cute I was like it's just it's not gonna work like it's, yeah. yeah um so basically I realized like I have all this power I can like go wherever I want to with this so mm-hmm. basically what I do I find things that I wanted to see and then I'd, like, make a case for why that was the way, yeah. right, that the character would walk. So um, it was interesting because there were a couple of places in the country that I that kind of surprised me by how interesting they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. So um, South Dakota was really interesting. Really? And really enjoyable. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Super interesting. And then Missouri was, like super interesting Mm -hmm. and in particular I really really liked this town called Hannibal Missouri um I knew that I knew it was a place that we wanted to stop but then when we got there there was so much to see and do that we kept like extending our stay so I think we were there like three nights which was really unusual like we were usually like stay overnight we're gonna go right because we were like 
the trip was so strange because it was like every 10 we, we basically had to like every 10 miles figure out like where where would he eat okay now where is he going to sleep right mm-hmm. so we were just it was just really um paying attention to the road and the miles and mm-hmm. kind of breaking it into little chunks because we were not walking it but we were trying to figure out how somebody oh my gosh imagine would. if you would have <laughs> you and oh. dad walking it. and sometimes i'd like sometimes i'd like drop dad <laughs> off on the side of the road and he'd walk for a while and just kind of get you know He'd get put on his the- hat and he'd get into the mode. <laughs> it was awesome. It was really He's like, so great. yeah. And I'd be like scribbling on the side, and it was so funny. We'd get like so into it where we'd sort of forget like that everything wasn't there like for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, or for the book building, I remember your dad was like, "Okay, I want." He had he'd kind of have like a concept of what he wanted to happen in the story, like. I want him to meet someone in a broken down car somewhere, you know, in the next couple of miles. And we came up this hill, and there was a broken down car, and we were like, "Manifestation!" There it is. It's right there. And we kept going, and we didn't even think to help this person. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, like literally a half hour later, I was like, "We didn't think to help them," and we laughed so hard. We were just like, they were just there for us, right? Like, so we could write it in our notebook and keep Shut going. Up. I know. So we we just would get kind of weird on these trips. But anyway, so we get to Hannibal, Missouri, and. Um, that is where Mark Twain is from mm-hmm. and where um, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, those books are kind of based, based right? Um, and Mark Twain, his real name is Samuel Clemens, which I actually named Sam. Him. I love Mark Twain. I think Aww, he's yeah. so brilliant and yeah. hilarious. Um, so we get there and there's a lot of fun things to see. There's like a riverboat. Um, you can do like Mark Twain tours. And then it's also just like this really charming like southern town mm-hmm. um so we go and we're just kind of like shopping around like stopping there's like this charming main streets and stuff and it was really weird like every place we went into people were telling us about how haunted Hannibal was mm-hmm. so I remember we were in this like coffee shop and this woman was like you would not believe what happens in this place like it used to be like a dance hall and at night, after we close everything down, we can hear music playing. We can hear people dancing. Like, it's just, and they're almost just like, ugh, and it's annoying. Wait, I just got goosebumps. I know. It, I don't know if I'm scared or, like, kind of happy. Yeah, yeah it Whoa. was interesting. People yeah. were just like, yeah, there's just a lot of, like, yeah. history, like, layered here. And there's just ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, you know, we went to, like, a clock shop next, the next place and we were like hey next door they said that things are really haunted and they were like oh yeah this place is haunted too like the door slams blah blah so it was like everywhere we went people were telling us like oh yeah like it's just like a common thing everyone knows that Hannibal is really haunted Mm -hmm. and then someone told us you should check out the haunted Hannibal tours Mm -hmm. um so there is and I think that they are a married couple and I'll see if they're still running these tours because maybe we could link up to them. Oh, I would love that. It was super fun. It was really, really fun. If they are, we'll link the tours. And I think they even had a book that they'd written about Hannibal. So um, they basically had this tour where they'd pick you up in this, like, big van, Mm -hmm. right? And they drove us around Hannibal, and they would tell ghost stories about just these different places mm-hmm. all along the way like would they tell you kind of the history and then the yeah story, kind or? of the history of Hannibal which was really interesting mm-hmm. and then I remember them stopping at one church they were like oh there was this big group of ghost hunters who came here and they set up all their equipment in this church and they were up all night and it scared these ghost hunters half to death and it was funny because the woman who was leading the tour she was like it was this story was actually really cute because 
you know, they'd set everything up and there was one of the ghosts was like really angry that all these people were there mm-hmm. in their space. And then they heard this little voice say, they're not hurting anybody. Just leave them alone. Oh. It was like this Southern lady, like, just, they're fine. Just let them do, right? Like one ghost oh. berating the other ghost. My gosh. Like they're okay, which is like kind of adorable. Yeah. So, um, and then the, I remember we stopped at one place where they were like, oh, and that window up there, there's always like a little girl. I was like, okay. Anyway, so we're just kind of like having fun, mm-hmm. enjoying it. And then they're like, now we're going to go to the graveyard. And we're like, okay, yeah. we're ready. So this graveyard was super interesting because it was old. Like yeah. one of the oldest, I think they were um, headstones from the 1800s. I, wow. I really feel like it was like one of the oldest yeah. graveyards in America. Um so we get there and they hand us these like these like wires, right? And mm-hmm. they're they're gonna be they're like our dousing rods sort of. So you're mm-hmm. holding onto these like beads sort of that okay. allow the rods to sort of move freely. Okay. So you're holding the beads, but the rods can move and they give us these instructions. They're like, okay, so you're gonna walk around and when you get to a spirit, your rods are gonna cross. They'll make an X. Mm. And then you can start talking to the spirit from there. So you could say things like, if you're a woman, point to the right. Or okay. if you want to talk to me, point to the left or whatever. Like, they can move the rods, but that's the only way they can communicate. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that the kind of science about it, I think the rods cross when there's water, which there's usually water on graves. Mm. Anyway, I was kind of like, okay, we'll see about this. So mm-hmm. we're sort of, like, tromping around, and they've told this funny story that there is a woman who lives on, like, the edge of the cemetery who used to just, like, revel in this role of, like, the scary lady who lived by the cemetery and would, like, dress up and come out and scare all the kids and stuff. Anyway, so we're sort of just, like, walking around, and I'm like, I don't know, like, maybe my rods are moving, maybe they're... Yeah, were they? Uh, yeah, but... You Skeptic. know what I mean? Your mind can, like... Yeah. It, I mean, it would be such a small motion to actually... To be like, did I do it? To actually move the rods, right? That it was like, I don't know, maybe I'm talking to someone, maybe I'm just wanting to talk to someone and Mm -hmm. so it's super super dark and we're walking around and finally dad and I are like okay that was interesting and the thing that stood out to me though is we're kind of like stumbling around in the dark and I kept walking through cobwebs which was gross ew right like I'm like stepping through spider webs so I was kind of glad when we were done yeah so we get on the bus and we head back to our hotel and I feel like we booked like kind of a nicer hotel than normal we usually just find like whatever right the crystallines yeah exactly the, the Motel 6 or... Yes. Um, And it was a big hotel and it had like this big open um, parking lot. So we'd gotten in our car, driven back to the parking lot. And dad and I were like, oh, that was fun. Like that'll probably Mm -hmm. make a fun scene in the book. And we're talking about like, how would this relate to the character? What would he be thinking on the ghost tour? Blah, blah, blah. So we're walking through this very, very open parking lot. And dad suddenly goes, ah, I just walked through another cobweb. This is like the fifth time tonight. (laughs) And I was like, Dad, what do you mean? Like, where would it come where from? Where would a cobweb come from? And so he suddenly, like, looked around. He's like, there's no cobwebs here. And I was like, no, there's not. And I was like, I've been walking through cobwebs all night, too. And we were both like, oh, ha, ha. Like, that was weird. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're, like, both, like, a little unsettled by that, but mm-hmm. also kind of like, huh, okay. So yeah. something sort of spooky came from the tour. Like, cool, we can use that for the book. Um, so we were sharing a hotel room. So get upstairs and I think I like I went to bed dad would usually stay up and like you know I don't know he'd usually be like eating a bag of peanuts and like typing <laughs> you know like typing and then he'd go to bed so um I remember waking up 
because someone opened and slammed our door. I think it was the bathroom door okay. of the inner hotel room. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I just sat up. And then, but dad, like I looked over and the other side of the room and dad seemed like he was still asleep. So I was like, okay, maybe I just imagined that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I lay down and then I could not sleep the rest of the night. I was like, if I open my eyes, I am going to see someone. Someone is like standing over me. They are Ooh. looking at me. I cannot like... It was just, you know, when you're just, like, your skin's crawling. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter that, I, like, if I'd been alone, I probably would have been, like, hyperventilating. But even having having dad, like, 12 feet away, I still was, like, yeah. freaking out. Um, so I th- I feel like I laid there for, like, three hours. Like, I, I can't open my eyes because if I do, I'm going to see something. And then, whatever, my life will be over. Yeah. <laughs> if I open my eyes and see a ghost, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to recover from this. So finally at 6 a.m., dad, like, oh, like, drags himself out of bed. And I was like, dad, like, I'm awake too. And he was like, I haven't been able to sleep for three hours. I just feel like someone's looking at me. And I was like, ah! Okay. So you both had dad, just been awake? We both had been laying awake for three hours, too scared to open our eyes because it felt like someone was looking at us. Stop. So we got up and I was like, you know what? This, I don't want to, like, be, and he was like, and the door slams, right? Like, yeah. They slammed the bathroom door, and I was like, okay, so that did happen. That wasn't, like, my imagination. Yeah. It wasn't in another room. So we got up, and Dad was like, I feel like we attracted something we don't want Brought with something us. Uh-huh. Something, something followed us home. It got mm-hmm. stuck to our shoe and, like, came back <laughs> with us. So Dad was like, we'll, we'll pray on this, you know. So he, like, prayed that whatever it was would stay, and then we, like, packed up super fast, and we were out of Hannibal and, like – 20 minutes we were just out of there it just was really freaky and I wasn't scared after that I do feel like whatever it was stayed in Hannibal yeah but it was really wow it was really creepy I just feel like the fact that we had the exact same experience was really because I've I don't know if I've actually heard you tell the story I've only heard dad tell it Mm -hmm. and yeah did I don't know. I just, I think it's crazy that you both were just laying there, like, paralyzed what, in fear. What did dad say? Was anything different that he... I almost want to say, did he see the light turn on as well? I don't know. No, I'm thinking about Yuma. I'm thinking about oh, Yuma. yeah, then there was Yuma. Yep. Um, I feel like he didn't tell me everything that happened on Yuma, because I was already so scared about that. Yeah, so... I kind of want to. Should we talk about? Do you want to talk about? Sure. <laughs> but okay. thank you so much for sharing that yes. animal story. Yes. Yes. Okay. So one. ghost tours. I will never go on a ghost tour again, and <sighs> I can. I can't watch like horror stories or any anything. Because were you that. scared of that before, or since we were young? Because all yeah, what you're I, about to tell. I feel like yes, I was very scared of it when we were young. But I feel like I've like reached this new level as an adult that if I like watch a horror movie or something, it sticks with me for so long that it's not worth it. Oh yeah. Like I've like, like remember I, when I post that photo of that ghost. Do you remember that ghost, you guys? And I literally did swipe at your own risk for Jenna. For Jenna. I blocked Jenna off my Instagram stories for like a week. She blocked me so I wouldn't see it. I didn't even look at it and I couldn't sleep for a night. So (laughs) I have like a very overactive imagination. Like I'm a writer. I'm an artist. That's what I do. But also, you know, it'd be nice if I could be 34 and not have nightmares because (laughs) there was a ghost picture. But anyway, here we are. So Yuma. Okay. So Yuma is is the street we lived on. Um... Let's see. I guess the, I was there. I was there three to like, besides the two year, year and a half in Italy, two years. I I think I moved there when I was three. We moved when I was like 11. I feel like it was like our longest yeah home as a 
family. As all of us there, yeah. Yeah, and that's the house we had when we lived in Italy, so it was kind of our, like, back-and-forth place for a while, too. Anyway, it was a great house. I have many fond memories of it, but there was one time period that was not amazing Mm -hmm. on Yuma. So I was, I think I was a freshman in high school, so I was, like... Oh, so it was before Italy, mm -hmm, right before? It was before Italy, so I was 14, and we had a situation where something had changed in our house, basically. Mm-hmm. Not to get to, like, there's one yeah. piece that I'll just kind of leave out. But basically, something happened, something changed in our house, and suddenly things started happening. Things started changing. Things started <laughs> changing. So I think at first, Mom and Dad thought that I was just being a little bit, I don't know, jumpy, yeah, hysterical, just yeah. like kind of teen girl, like shrieking yeah. over everything. So basically what was happening is, so my room was down in the basement, which was amazing. Like, I could just be there with my, like, piles of laundry and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, be in my messy bedroom that looks the same as an adult. Um, so every night I would hear someone walk across my bedroom floor. Right? So. In your room? In my bedroom. Okay. And I would, like, sit up, like, like it sounds like somebody is here. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, I don't know, maybe it's like a furnace, maybe it's, I don't know. But I just started to get more and more uneasy. And I kind of want to set the scene. So you'd go down in our basement, there were two bedrooms near each other, and mm-hmm. then like, a, that was a weirdly, really long haul down was, to your bedroom. Yeah, mine was kind of set apart. It was super set apart, because I awesome had that bedroom for, for a while. Yeah, which is awesome for like a teenager, but. Yeah, but it was like weirdly a long haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So away from everything a bit. Yeah, and we had nannies at the time because Mm -hmm. Michael McKenna were young and you were young. But it was funny because the nannies were like 18 and 19 Mm -hmm. years old, so they're kind of more like my friends. Like I loved hanging out with them. And I remember um, one weekend, Mom and Dad were out of town, so Krista, our nanny, was staying with Mm -hmm. us. And she was like, you know what? I just feel like I'm hearing things around Mm -hmm. here. I'm hearing footsteps. I'm just feeling kind of uneasy. And we had a computer room that was like, you'd walk in the front door and there was this little like office space, Mm -hmm. right? And I would, you would like, you know, that was like the only place you could use the internet, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. It was like the dial up thing. So I remember like sitting there and just like feeling just prickles on my back. Like it always felt like someone was like, watching me Wait, when I was in that room. We've never talked about this. I always felt like that. I would always, I wouldn't look out the windows. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. We both felt that way in that room. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of felt uneasy in that room. And then, I yeah, so I felt like mom and dad are kind of like, Okay, mm-hmm. I, think, I think you're probably okay. Like, Well, maybe. probably don't want to work us up. Though, oh, either. totally, totally. Yeah, not to, yeah. Um. So there was one weekend mom and dad were gone. So Krista was with the kids during the day. And then we were hanging out at night. And she was like, you know, I just feel like I'm like hearing stuff and just kind of feeling weird things. And whenever I'm in that computer room, I just, I don't know. I feel like someone's like oh. looking at me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were laying in mom and dad's bed. I think this was the weekend that I watched Dirty Dancing for the first time, which was really a very, very important moment in my life. Yeah, L- Big pivot life-changing pivotal moment in my life um and we were both kind of starting to get almost like mad about it like this is getting kind of annoying like it almost felt like something was like messing with us like you'd hear Mm. a door creak open and it was like hello someone there Mm -hmm. so we were talking about it like it feels like something's sort of messing with us in this house and as we were talking we heard someone walk down the hall and then the door long wooden hallway was long wooden hallway mom and dad's 
walked down the hallway and then the door creaked open on us. We both just started like screaming and like, like, but like mad, like get out of here, like leave us alone. Anyway, Krista's parents came over. After oh that, gosh. mom and dad were like, yeah. Dad actually, he, he was like, why don't I like spend a night in your room? Like I'll sleep down there and just kind of see if I hear mm-hmm. anything. And he was like, yeah, I think I heard someone walking. Like, oh my gosh. Ah, I mean, maybe it was the furnace, but I heard what you're talking about. Yeah, let's. So I don't remember what they did, but I something feel like they did like a like house blessing or something. Yeah. They did something on the house and then it went away. Completely? Yeah, totally went away. Amazing. I don't remember being scared of it after that, but there was just this time period where it was like, it did, it, it, it felt like there was some kind of, and it felt negative. It felt like mm. negative energy and it felt like it was messing with us. Mm. Almost like kind of like prankster. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, did did we, where were the kids when that happened? Where was Allie? Like, you guys were just asleep, I think. I think Allie was probably asleep. Mm-hmm. And we were trying not to scare the kids, I remember. So mm-hmm. we would just, I, I, rem- I can't remember. I wish Krista, we got to talk to Krista about it. But I remember her saying things would happen and, she, and the kids would be like, what was that? And she'd be like, oh, just the wind. Really? Yeah, the kids like being oh like, gosh. what was that? And she was just trying to not. Oh my gosh! Scare anybody. I re- I specifically remember being like creeped out in you the computer cre- room. Yeah. Like I wouldn't go at night because mm-hmm. I always felt like someone was looking in through the windows. Yeah, and, and I was what six at the time, like really young. Yeah, you were young. Wow. And it was it was interesting that it was such a pronounced before and after because it did go away. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. once it was like ushered out. Wow. It did leave. Wow! 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 I do think it's really interesting. I've I found this later on. I do think that. Um, like houses or apartments or whatever have like a very specific feel to them Mm -hmm. like our first house which was a really funny house it ended up being like a really great um investment but it was like just kind of a weird looking house it had like a flat roof and just had all these like Mm -hmm. every room had been painted a different color like it it was just kind of funny right um I always felt like a little bit unsettled by mm-hmm. its energy. And after we'd moved out, our neighbor told us that the family before us, that there had been like some abuse going on in the house. Oh. Right. Which I was like, interesting. Like, I feel like I'd sort yeah. of felt that it might have actually been too. I think it was a couple of people back, um, even a few families back. So not the people we bought it from. But mm-hmm. um, and then the house that we live in now, we bought it from flippers. Right. Mm-hmm. So they bought it and fixed it up. Um, but it kind of has this like quirky and kind of sweet feel it's always felt really good to me um and one day someone knocked on the door and I went out there and there was this woman standing there and she was just beaming and she's like guess who I am and I was like (laughs) I I don't know she goes I'm Lynn this was my house and I was like yep this was your house this is your energy yes this is your energy she was like such a funny lady and I'd heard all these like funny stories about her and she'd put in it's funny because she was like she said I never had the money to fix up the house like I wanted to she was Mm -hmm. so excited to see it all finished and done but she had put in money to put in these two arches in my kitchen which are my favorite part of the house Mm -hmm. so she had some money and that's what she spent it on which I thought was so sweet and they're yeah like the favorite part of my house um I know you you've done like saging Uh uh-huh have you known notice like when you sage your house is it like a big transformation or more subtle so I actually saged um my son's room uh-huh. Sam's room um last week okay actually so we've had we had a big year with him he went through a lot of tough stuff and mm-hmm. I was feeling like his room felt really 
heavy. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I actually think, I think clutter is a big deal. I yeah. think that clearing out space and getting rid of things that shouldn't be in certain spaces is a big deal. Maybe even a bigger deal than like saging. Mm-hmm. So I did that first, and then you know I took out everything that I didn't feel like was relevant or anything that I felt like maybe pointed to some of the difficult things he. Yeah. through recently just to create new space for new experiences um cleaned it really well and then I saged it and there was one spot in the room I was like David look at this like I was saging and the smoke would turn white in this one what spot which Did you was like maybe it's just the light I'm like maybe but I feel like something left in here and David's so sweet like I'll, I'll just do these things and I'm sure he's just like you are just I don't even know but he's always supportive of it you know what, like, he had me do a card reading for him, and I was surprised, he? and he actually really liked it. Yeah, I bet he did. But I had him come in after. I was like, does it feel completely different in here? He was like, it feels completely different in here. Aww, totally different. Amazing. Or like our bedroom, I realized like there was a bag of stuff that shouldn't have been in there, mm-hmm. right? Because it was like um, connected to some old stuff that we didn't want in like yeah. our space. Yep. And we removed that, and I was like, does it feel different in here? He was like, completely. I was like, see? Yeah. It like makes a difference to I don't know, work on your spaces. I mean, and even, I mean, this, maybe I take it to like the next level, but even when I went through my big life changes this year, I sold all of my clothes. I sold all of my, and yeah, I just think like things hold on to energy and also they're just things. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to like replace, reuse, you know, like to just redo. I don't know. I just think energy is so big. And I know me and you have both gotten into energy and stuff late maybe it'd even be fun to do like an episode about that one day but yeah I think it's really important to like protect your space and even with listening to like these kind of stories like it's so fun but Mm -hmm. also make sure you don't internalize it too much or right you know bring it home with you right so so yeah well it's really fun to have you thank you so much thank you so so much and will you tell everyone one more time what day your book's coming out and where they can find you so love and olives will be out on november 10th um i'm mostly on instagram at jenna evans welch it's w-e-l-c-h amazing well thank you guys so much for listening to another week of makeup masking murder please don't forget to go to apple Podcasts and rate and review and share with your friends i hope you all have a wonderful week goodbye This episode of Make a Masking and Murder was brought to you by me, your host, Abby Evans, with special thanks to our amazing production manager, Brad Newfeld. Our theme song and music are written by David Evanhoff, owner of David Evanhoff Sound Designs, with vocals by the amazing Emily Starr and David Evanhoff. Thank you to this amazing team and all of our wonderful guests. And don't forget to go rate and review on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at, at Make Up Masking and Murder. And we will see you next week. <laughs>